Welcome to the Life is Better with You Here podcast with Dr. Childs. Here, we want to help. And where there's help, there's hope. A short disclaimer, this podcast is not a replacement for therapy. If you feel you need treatment, we strongly suggest you visit your physician or go to withyouhere.org slash therapists for assistance finding a mental health provider. Our topic for today is spirituality. Now here's our host, Dr. Childs. Hi, and welcome to Life is Better with You Here. I'm Dr. Shivana Childs, and I'm so glad that you're here with us today. Today, our topic is going to be on spirituality and religion. We're going to have a nice, calming, cool conversation on our spirituality and religion, how it impacts us, the good, the bad, the ugly, and then we're going to all bring it back to calmness again. But before you start, before we start, you know, I always like to start us off with a nice, calming meditation. So I want you to find a safe, calm, restful, peaceful, comfortable place as I go and guide us through this meditation. Okay? So let your mind wander and drift now to thoughts of buoyancy, floating, drifting, and relaxing. Simply close your eyes and listen to the words I speak. As you listen, allow yourself to relax. Give yourself permission in this moment to relax. Comfort, release, Coast, ease, open, mellow out, loose, tranquil, fresh, fast, slacken, free, revitalize, enjoy, delight. Diminish, peace, savor, loathe, taper all, free thoughts, siesta, rest, lesson, energize. Soften, unwind, unbend, be carefree, pause, at ease, breathe easy, float, wave, recline, Serene, repose, lie down, feathery, take your time, relief, and relax. Now imagine at this moment 
that you were sitting on the shore of a protected lake. It is very peaceful and cool. And the water is a deep, deep blue. The lake is surrounded by trees. The trees have full green leaves hanging from your branches. Imagine a single drop of dew resting on a leaf. The leaf is on a tree which hangs over an expanse of flat, undisturbed water. As the dew rolls down the leaf, feel tension giving way to gravity, gradually releasing hope of the leaf then falling slowly toward the water. As the dewdrop is welcomed into the water, imagine the ripples it creates. Each enlarges slowly and gradually. This continues as its actions is absorbed by the lake. Soon the lake is back to a relaxed, undisturbed and smooth state once again. It is no longer a single falling drop. You are now part of a large breath of calm, soothing water. Having become a part of this larger body of water, as you consciously tune back into your surroundings and my voice, it is now time to rejoin us and awaken. Welcome back, lovelies. Okay, hopefully that has you feeling relaxed, it has you feeling calm, it has you feeling in tuned. And so that's what we're gonna talk about today. We're gonna talk about feeling in tune, feeling connected, feeling loved, feeling embraced. We're going to talk about spirituality. We're going to talk about religion. And I just want to put a little bit of a warning out there. This can be triggering for some people and not for others. This is not meant to stir up anything. It's not meant to be contentious. It is meant to be an open discussion. So we're going to use our open minds, our open thoughts. We're going to be open so we can receive. Okay. So that's where we're going to go with this. So some people might ask, why are we discussing religion and spirituality on a podcast that's about mental health? Well, the answer is simple. We're mind, body, and spirit. We're all three. Mind and the body works together, and the spirit, I feel like, is the bowl, is the soup that holds it all together. You ever go into a doctor's office and one of the questions on the questionnaire is, you know, what's your religious background? Are you Christian? Are you Jewish? Are you Protestant, Baptist? They ask those questions. They ask those for a reason. My personal pet peeve is they ask you those questions, but then they don't do anything about it once you get into the office, which I think is a travesty. Um, to me, if you're going to ask me those questions, find out why that's important to me. Because a lot of us will go to the doctor's office. First thing I do is pray. I pray everything is okay. I pray that doctor knows what they're doing. I pray that the surgery is okay. 
I pray that everybody in that room is going to touch my body, that God touches them first. I don't need any mistakes. All right. So we all might go in wanting everything to be okay. We may not all pray to a specific God. Maybe you call it our higher power. You know, there's different ways that we come across this. And most of us have this higher power, God, or religion, or spirituality. How we go about it may be very different. And so it is very important to talk about when we talk about our mental health. This is so very important. It really taps in to our well-being. And there has been research that has been done that has found that people who have a spiritual base or religious base fare better with their mental health. They have lower blood pressure. They have lower stress. Their cholesterol is lower. Like there are a lot of health benefits to people who have a religious or spiritual base. So those are some good things. And there are evidence-based practices out there that show this. So this is why religion and spirituality are important. Now, I will often tell people when they come in, you know, I have a questionnaire and one of the questions is, are you religious, spiritual, neither, both? And oftentimes I get a look like, what do you mean neither, both, religious, spiritual? And then I have to explain. My short abbreviated um, explanation is, you know, religion is, you know, the practices, going to church, fellowshipping, social networks tithing, Bible, the Torah, whatever text that that practice uses. Spirituality is your connection to your higher power. Doesn't have to be in a building between 10 and 2 on a specific day. Your spirituality you carry with, carry with you no matter where you go. And that's my, again, short description. I did find a description that I thought for, particularly for religion, that I thought was very, very helpful um, from psychology today. And I'm going to read that to you. And the definition of religion was, the purpose of religion is to unite a group of people under the same values and principles and to facilitate their collective and individual communication with a higher power and or philosophy. In other words, religion was meant to enhance spirituality. So this is where I ask that question, religion, spiritual, neither, both. You can be all of those. You can be religious, but not spiritual. You can be spiritual, but not religious. You can be both. There doesn't have to be this black or white. There are many shades of gray here. And what they found in the literature is that more people are describing themselves as spiritual, but not religious. Short term, shorthand is SBNR, spiritual but not religious, meaning they pray, they meditate, they self reflect, they talk to God or their higher power, but they may not be going to a building. They might not be fellowshipping with other people. They might, might not be reading out of a text, but they are fellowshipping with their higher power. They are meditating. And meditation and prayer sometimes looks very much the same very much the same, and it gives you that same connection. Often when I'm in therapy, the reason why it is a pet peeve for me um, that they have on those uh, questionnaires, whether you're spiritual, religious, neither, and they're asking you what you are, and then it stops there. Why are you asking me 
you're not going to follow through. I follow through. I want to know what your religion or spirituality, or if you're neither, what that means for you and how that can help us in therapy. Because for me, if you're religious or you're spiritual, I need to know if prayer or meditation is a coping skill for you, because then I'm going to write that down as a coping skill. So when you come back for your next session and you say, Dr. Childs, you know, things have not been going well. I'm not really doing that great. First thing I'm going to ask is, are you using your coping skills? Have you prayed about this? I'm going to tap into your coping skills. If you tell me your coping skill is reading scripture every day and praying in the morning and praying at night, I'm going to check your boxes. Have you been reading your scripture? What's the scripture for when you're not feeling well? What's the scripture for when you're feeling like you're failing? What's the scripture for when you feel like you're losing faith? Because best believe there's a scripture for everything. And if they don't know, guess what? I go on Google and I find out what's the scripture for when I feel like I'm failing. Boom. It will, Google will bring up a scripture for you. So that is the way that I help people use their religion and their spirituality to become a coping tool. It doesn't just have to be in the building on Sunday between 10 and 2. It can be with you anytime. And we need to realize it is a coping skill outside of that building. It's a coping skill that you can use every day. We sometimes limit the spaces that our higher power can be. We need to open our minds. We need to open the box. We need to take down those walls and recognize I can pray whenever I want to. Unless there are guidelines about when I pray, you know, depending on your religion, because there are religions that have guidelines that they pray at certain times and sticking to those, no. But what's going to work for you? You know, worship in the way that is meaningful to you. And again, spirituality allows you to do that. Religion is very important. So we talk about that and we talked about the benefits of religion. And again, according to Psychology Today, it's one of my favorite tools, evidence-based. You know, people have better mental health, physical health. They sleep better. We all need good sleep. When you're not sleeping well, when I'm not sleeping well, I'm cranky. Same as when I'm not eating well, I'm hangry. So you sleep well, you're eating better. Um, you have overall lower rates of mortality. So people with religion and spirituality typically live a little bit longer. You know, there's more hope there. Um, they also have lower rates of what they call despair of death. So they don't necessarily die at higher rates from suicide, alcohol poisoning, or drug abuse. You know, religion and spirituality are protective factors when it comes to things like suicide. When you talk to people about suicide, one of the things we ask therapists, psychologists, psychiatrists, is what are your, what are your protective factors? What are the things that are going to stop you from committing a suicide? Most religious and spiritual people will say, I don't want to go to hell, or that is against my religion. That is not what God would want for me. We love that. We love that spirituality and religion will keep you grounded, will keep you here. That's a protective factor. And so we use that again, put that in the treatment plan. That's a protective factor. This is what's going to keep you here. So we can go back because, again, that is a coping skill. That is what we'll use. That is what we'll talk about. 
Okay. So those are some of the benefits. Now, for every good thing, there is also maybe a, a concerning thing. So there can be a time when religion and spirituality can be a struggle. And when I say struggle, it can be a struggle in, in a number of ways. So let's talk about way number one. One of the ways that it can be a struggle is if <clears throat> we can grow up in the religious teachings of our parents, and then we can find that that's not the way we want to continue to grow in our religion or spiritually, and we may divert. That diversion can cause a lot of guilt. It can cause a lot of shame. Um, I've spoken to people who grew up one way and found that they did not want to live their lives like that. And when they tried to make a split from the family, there was a lot of guilt and shame for them. And when you're brought up in a specific religion or in a spiritual path and you divert, it's heavy to try and change that. There's a lot of deep feelings there. There's a lot of hurt there. Um, and trying to go through that process can be very hard because you're losing a family, you're losing a religious family, and you can feel alone and isolated, which leads to depression, anxiety, and, and, and some trauma, if you think about it. If you think about losing not just your family, because people have been cut off from their families from changing religions or denying their religions, but you're also losing that whole religious community. And so having to deal with that, um, there are, of course, the extremes when it is, you know, more than religion and it is a cult or something like that. And that's on the heavier end. And so there can be hurt there as well. Um, the other type of hurt that I've also run across is when there's a terminal illness and we don't understand why we have it or our loved one have it, and our faith starts to wane or altogether disappears because we don't understand why us, why me, why would God do this to me? And if we're in a religion that teaches us to not question God, that we are not supposed to be angry with God, that is very difficult. Because guess what? We're human beings and we are angry. And we do have questions because we're human beings. We're not God. We do have questions. And so we're caught in that conundrum of I'm not supposed to question, but I got questions. I'm not supposed to be mad. I'm very angry that I have this terminal disease that I didn't ask for, that I didn't do anything to get, but yet I have it and there's no cure. I'm going to die. What do I do with that? How am I supposed to believe? And this benevolent being, and I'm dying. And that can be hard to reconcile. And so that can be where struggles come in with religion, spirituality. Um, I've spoken to people who felt like what they were going through was too much. And if God was real, they wouldn't be going through this. If God was real, I wouldn't have lost my family. My family wouldn't have died, my child would not be sick. And these are very real concerns. They're very valid. And how people feel at those moments are very valid. And so this is where the struggle can get very real. It can get very hard. And so 
We talk about what that means for them. What does that mean for you to lose your faith? What does it mean to struggle? Is it okay to be upset with God? Is it okay to have questions? You know, regardless of what you've been taught, what you've been told, we feel how we feel. And often our emotions override our logic. And so one of the things that I will often say to people is if your higher power, God, is whom you believe he or she to be, and they are all knowing and they knew you before they knew the universe, before they created anything, are you and how you feel a surprise? And often people will be like, no, I'm not a surprise. So do you think that God is surprised that you're mad, upset, or has questions? Probably not. We're human beings. We're fallible. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to be mad. We're going to have questions because we don't know everything. And so sitting with yourself, accepting who you are, and being able to get through the situation is okay. How you feel is bad. What you do with your feelings will make the difference. This is where therapy comes in. This is where life is better with a peer comes in. This is where tapping into the network where you have your connections, where you have your family, where if you have a religious affiliation, if you have a religious group that is supportive, that loves you, you have a spiritual that supports and loves you, tap into those groups. If you're a non-believer, you still have social groups because you still have friends. So again, religious, spiritual, neither, boom. There's a place for everything. It depends on what you do with that place. Having a supportive network is what matters. Not judging who does what with what and how they do it. But taking care of you and how you do what you do. So we always like to say there's hope. I think everybody's faith wanes a little bit at some point in time in their lives. So when it wanes, go back to the basics, whatever that is for you, whether you're a believer, you're a non-believer, what has worked for you? If your faith is waning and you're religious and spiritual, what do you need to get back to that? What does that mean for you? And so what I did some years ago, back in 2015, um, my dissertation was on spiritual wellness. And what I had done is I had adopted from, it was called the, I think the coping bill of rights. And what I had done was because I was doing work on spirituality is I had adapted that and I had made a spiritual bill of rights. And I'm just going to read you. Um, I think I have like six bullet points here of anyone's spiritual bill of rights okay and this is your right to do what you need to do spiritually religiously be who you need to be to strengthen yourself to feel connected to feel loved to feel like you belong to energize connect and be yourself okay so the spiritual bill of rights i have the right to worship in the manner that i choose whether that's prayer, meditation, yoga, self-reflection, sitting in silence. I have the right to seek meaning, hope, and purpose in life. 
I have the right to seek meaningful connections with my higher power, self, and others. I have the right to view myself as worthwhile. I have the right to be flexible in life situations. I have the right to be in control of my experiences. And I have the right to peace, connection, and safety in the world. So we will put these spiritual bill of rights up for you. Please feel free to copy them down. I encourage people to pick one or more than one and meditate on it. Whichever one resonates with you, whichever one you feel feeds your spirit, feeds yourself, that makes you feel more empowered to be the best version of yourself that you can be. So my challenge to you this day is to worship the way that makes you feel connected, loved, and whole. Again, challenge is to worship in a way that makes you feel loved, connected, and whole. My affirmation for this day, and I, I cheated because I used two affirmations and I put them together because they did amazing. Um, is I expect positive to happen in my life today because I am healthy, happy, and have a radiant soul. And I will repeat that because it is worth repeating. I expect something positive to happen in my life today because I am a healthy, happy, radiant soul. And remember, regardless of your journey, life is always better with you here. We thank you. We're so blessed to have you. We hope to see you again and have a beautiful Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. This has been the Life is Better with You Here podcast with Dr. Childs. For more episodes, you can visit us on Apple Music, Spotify, Google Play, YouTube, and many more. We would also like to give gratitude to our sponsors, the Ohio Suicide Prevention Foundation and Global Insight Productions, without whom we wouldn't be able to do this. For more information about our sponsors, please visit ohiospf.org and globalinsightpro.com. And don't forget to visit us at our site, withyouhere.org. We look forward to seeing you next week. And if you have any suggestions for future episode topics, feel free to leave us a message. Also, if you or someone you love is in crisis, please call 988 or text Steve, S-T-E-V-E, to 741-741 for free and confidential support 24-7. And again, thank you.